This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 525. Great to have your company once again. Thank you for listening. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, faster EV charges are coming and they can charge an electric car in as fast as 15 minutes. How you can save money on your electricity and water bills using smart home devices and the NBN is expanding fibre possibly in your neighbourhood. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new 10th generation iPad and the M2-powered iPad Pro. Arlo has just launched a new personal safety device and Bowers and Wilkins have released the James Bond 007 version of its PX8 headphones. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, if you own an EV or you're thinking of buying an EV, we have some great news if you live in the great state of New South Wales. The New South Wales government has just announced it's going to be rolling out more than 500 new fast and ultra-fast EV chargers over the next few years, and they're saying it can recharge EVs in as little as 15 minutes. We'll explain more about that in a moment. Uh, this was an announcement made by the Treasurer and Minister, Minister for Energy, Matt Keane. He's the, the New South Wales Treasurer, of course. And they're going to invest almost $40 million in the first round of fast charging grants. So uh, they're going to co-fund 86 new fast and ultra-fast EV charging stations. So they're going to be a mixture of uh, metropolitan locations and country locations. Uh, they're saying that the charges will be no further than five kilometres apart in city areas and no further than 100 kilometres apart on highways and major roads across country and rural New South Wales. If you're living in other states, hopefully your governments have already done other things, but this is just for New South Wales at this time. Now, do you remember I mentioned that there were these were round one grants now, the companies who get got in on the grants include Ampol, which is normally a petrol station, BP. Again, this is part of that transition from just having petrol bowsers. They're now going to have uh, EV chargers as well. Uh, the other uh, applicants was EV Networks, Tesla. So Tesla's probably going to have some more superchargers. Uh, the NRMA and a company called Zeus Renewables. Now, the second round of co-funding applications will open up before the end of the year. So expect even more companies to jump in and get that support to set up the EV, the ultra-fast EV charging stations across the state and hopefully across the, across the country in other states as well. Now, they're saying that these new stations will have between four and 15 charging bays. Now, I, I know charging is 
uh, causes a lot of anxiety when it comes to non-EV drivers or people considering an EV. There's a lot of EV critics out there. I know my story's already had a few few comments on it about the, the, the time it takes to charge an EV and how they say, oh, look, I can fill up with 100 litres of diesel in five minutes. Well, of course you can. But EV is a different story. You're charging a battery. And the speed of that charge is what we're talking about here. These ultra-fast chargers will be able to charge the modern EV. So the latest EVs, they'll be able to charge you from 20% to 80% in as little as 15 minutes. Now that, that's, that's really fast. I've got to say, from my experience, I've been driving my Tesla four and a half years, and normally to get that, that speed of charge, I need to be a, one of the Tesla superchargers. And I can tell you now, getting from 20% to 90%, which is sort of my daily driving limit, that's what Tesla recommends, can take as, as long as an hour, even at a supercharger. So to see these, these ultra-fast chargers delivering that kind of speed, that kind of charge in 15 minutes, that's remarkable. Of course, there's so many variables, the size of the battery, uh, the brand of car, they've all got variables, but the thing they're going to all have in common is they're going to be able to be charged faster. Now, I know that people coming from a, a petrol car or a diesel car will say, oh, yeah, like like my guy on, commented on one of my stories, oh, it only takes me five minutes and, and you're done. Well, of course it does. But the new reality for EV drivers is that it's going to take a little bit longer than that. And if it's just 15 minutes, that's not too bad. And you've got to remember, normally an EV trip would involve more than one charge. So you can be, rather than you waiting 45 minutes to get 100% charge, you just charge for 15 minutes and go to the next charge. In three hours, you'll be at the next charge and do another 15 minutes. So you're still on your way. You're just charging along the way as well. And the cars will tell you this. I know my Tesla, if I typed in a destination that needed charging along the way, it would direct me not only to where the charges are located, but will also tell me how long I need to stay at each charger. That That's the intelligence that you get with the car, and not just Teslas, but other EVs as well. Uh, so look, I, I think this is a positive step forward. Maybe we'll give those customers who are considering an EV that they, they may be on the fence about this right now. They're worried, look, if I drive here and there and what can I do? Are there going to be enough charges? Well, judging by this, if you live in New South Wales, there's going to be plenty. Uh, whether you're in the country, whether you're in metropolitan areas, there is uh, there's still plenty of places to have uh, to get a charge. Now, my advice is, and this is my situation too. I made this choice. I made the choice to drive an EV nearly five years ago, and. At the same time, uh, just before that, actually, so we're talking about eight months before I got my Tesla, I also installed solar panels and a battery at my place as well. So I thought, look, I'm going to harness the sun, use that power to not only power my house, but also it charges my car as well. So I reckon if to give you, if you want to really give yourself peace of mind, and this is this is like a long, this is a long term investment here. Here's what I reckon. If you're thinking of EVs as your next car, or maybe your wife, has, there might be two EVs in the family, I would seriously consider, if you don't already have it, solar panels and a battery. Yeah, I know it's an extra investment, but you know what? That's an investment that's going to pay off over time. You're going to save a ton on your electricity bills. You're going to save a ton on your petrol bills as well, because you can charge your car at home as well. 
So I reckon to give yourself extra peace of mind, if you know that as long as you're in your driveway, you can charge your car, then that will, for metropolitan driving, your daily commutes, that then, then it's no worries at all. Of course, you're going to be using the community charges out in the country if you're on a journey. So if you're going on a long distance, of course, you're going to rely on those other charges. But that's only a that's only a one-off, or it, it, depending on how often you're traveling, driving long distances in your EV. On average, Australians drive 35 kilometers a day. That's on average. I know a lot of people drive further. They've got longer commutes. But if you know you've got an EV charger at your house, maybe at your office, then you're covered at both ends. And they're the things you need to consider if you are seriously thinking of an EV. I know not everyone can afford a solar system, but it will give you not only, it'll pay itself off over four or five years, but it will also give you that added peace of mind knowing that you can top up your car your car battery uh, in, the, in your very own driveway without even needing to worry about metropolitan charges because you'll have enough juice to get to and from wherever you're going every single day. This is a, a discussion that's going to continue, no doubt, into the future, but good to, good to see that the New South Wales government's taken some initiative here. And this is, by the way, on top of their previous announcement from a few months ago that they're also waiving stamp duty on EVs as well. So New South Wales government really giving customers incentives to go electric, uh, and that stamp duty applies. You, you pay no stamp duty on EVs up to the value of $78,000. So that includes the Tesla Model 3, Model Model Y, means you're saving up to $5,500 on, on stamp duty. So maybe you can put that towards other things. So there you have it. The, uh, the future's looking bright for EV drivers and potential future EV drivers. You want to read that complete story, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, I've spoken a lot about smart homes and smart home products. And yeah, they're great. It's really cool having a smart home. It's convenient. It adds your security, easier way to access information and content. But you know what? It can also save you a ton of money as well on your electricity and on your water bills. When you think about it, a lot of the smart devices have to do with lighting, temperature control, water as well. They're the big three. So if you can if you can save in those areas, so be smarter, get it, smarter with your smart devices, you can save some money. Now, we've already, a lot of people are already on the smart home journey. They've got lights, they might have a smart switch, they might have a few other products in the house. But when you use them a certain way and with other products, they can really save you some serious money on your electricity and water bills. Let's start with power. You know, as I said, smart lights are very popular. Smart bulbs, LED, are, they use 75% less power and they also they have a can last up to 10 times longer as well. So cost saving right out of the gate there. But how you use your lights is also something also. Just, just a simple little feature of dimming your lights slightly, that saves your power. Do you need them on full brightness? Dim them down a little bit. Uh, but also turn, being able to turn lights on and off at will as well with the with the app, with your voice through a smart speaker, that also comes into play too. So I know if anyone's got uh, young kids, they, they go around the house, leave lights on everywhere. There are ways now you can combine 
the smart lights with things like motion detectors and window and door sensors. So one scenario could be you hook up your smart light so that if it detects movement, it's going to turn a light on in a room. And again, if it detects no movement, it turns the light off in that room. A lot of hotels use these now so that for, for those, the people who stay at a hotel who leave the room, leave all the lights on, those hotels now have, have these these types of products in the in the room that turn off if they don't detect any movement. And that's going to save them a ton of money on their electricity bills. Imagine the size of a hotel's electricity bill. So that's just one scenario. Uh, so the other the other improvement, the other thing you can do is use a smart switch. And yeah, you know, there's the laser smart Wi-Fi plug. That's 29 bucks. And that's the smarts, the smart lights. The laser have a 10-watt LED light bulb that's $10. They're a little Wi-Fi module, and it goes into your normal light socket, but it's smart. It connects to your Wi-Fi network. You can control it with your phone or with your voice through a smart speaker. So the possibilities open right up. Now, with the smart plug, you can turn a um, you can turn a non-smart product, let's say a fan or a, a, or a, a coffee machine or whatever, into a smart product. So you're able with the smart switch means you can determine when they're turned on, when they turn off and set schedules so they can come on and off at designated times. So for example, if you might have a fan connected to a smart switch, you might have it so that it only turns on when it reaches 26 degrees or at a certain time of day. Uh, the same fan could be also instructed to be, to turn off when the temperature drops to a certain level as well. So that way you're not wasting any power. Now, also, too, scheduling products to run with a smart switch also means that you can operate your appliances, for example, like your washing machine, dryer. Rather than running them at peak electricity periods, you can schedule them to run at off-peak time, so during the night or in the middle of the day where electricity is cheaper. So pool pumps is another one. Use a lot of power. Run it during the night. So they're just a couple of examples on how you can save a little bit of money on your electricity bill. Let's talk about temperature control. Here's massive expense, cooling your home in summer and heating your home up in winter. We're coming into summer now, so your air conditioner is going to take a hammering here. So if we have a hot summer, it's going to, the air conditioners use a lot of power. Now, I know at my place, when, it, when I know it's going to be a hot day, what I try to do to keep the temperature down in my house before it gets too late in the day is to close the blinds and close the curtains. So having that kind of that those the, that the blinds and curtains drawn means that it's going to keep the the heat out of my house. So that means my air conditioner is going to have to do a lot less work when it is time to be turned on. So rather than having all your windows and blinds open, your house is thirty five degrees. If you've got your windows and, and curtains shut. You can be your 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 home might only get up to twenty eight degrees or twenty five degrees, so you're saving right there. Now, how do you do that? There are some products, including the Agara E One Roller Shade Driver, that automates your blinds and curtains. So imagine now a scenario where you have these automated blinds and curtains, and you're able to determine at what temperature you want your blinds to be closed and your curtains to shut. Uh, or a time of day you might want it as well. So that just adds another level of control. You can set the schedule and again, result is a cooler home or a warmer home depending on the season we're in. So you know you can keep heat in the home just as well as keeping heat out of the home with your curtains and blinds as well. 
So that's a really smart product right there. And even things like smart thermostats can also be used to determine when things turn on. Like your smart thermostat might say, look, it's 26 degrees, on comes the air conditioner. There are also products like the Sensibo that allows you to control your air conditioner. It makes its traditional air conditioning system a smart system because it does allow that control. So if you're, if you're say you're coming home from work and it's a hot day, you can dial into the Sensibo or one of these other smart thermostats turn on the air conditioner or turn on your cooling, your, your heating system as well so that when you get home, it's at the ideal temperature and then you can shut those off and then maintain that temperature. Uh, so these little hints all add up. Let's turn to water. Now, there's a few smart home products for water like the Connect Water Controller. It's 180 bucks. The Eve Aqua the smart water controller, it's 199 bucks. By the way, the E1 uh, blind roller shade driver, that's that's 199.95, so 200 bucks to do that. Uh, but with the water controllers, these are smart as well because you can run and schedule when you want to water the garden and turn them off again as well remotely. So rather than just leaving your sprinklers to run all day, you can control them, set timers. But it's also, get this, it's also intelligent enough to make sure your plants and, and your garden gets enough, the right amount of water. So you can even set the amount of water that you want to, to use for that particular uh, time as well. Uh, so that also is smart enough to know the weather. So imagine rainy day, you set your timer on, a normal timer will come on no matter what the weather is, but these smart water controllers know, okay, if it's raining, I'm not going to turn the sprinkler on because it's raining. Let's use that water. And again, savings in your pocket with a smaller water bill. I've written all of that up in a story on Tech Guide. There's some products that I've mentioned in there as well. Uh, if you are serious about saving a bit of money, let's face it, the cost of living is going up, interest rates are going up, petrol costs are bomb. It is time for us to take some action here. Again, work smarter, not harder. Get it with a smart home. Uh, and the smart play is to try to reduce your energy bill and your water bill, and you can do it. And if you want to find out more, if you need some instructions on how to do that, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Interesting news with the NBN. I know people's ears prick up when I talk about NBN and fiber and expansions into suburbs and I, I love publishing these stories because it does – look, I'm not going to call it clickbait, but it, it, uh, the list of, of the latest areas of eligible premises to receive fibre extensions, those lists are red hot and people want to know if their suburb or town is included. And I've got that story on Tech Guide. The uh, there is a list of places in the ACT: New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia, and Tasmania that have been indicated as having been coming eligible for customers to get fibre to the premises. So these are areas currently served by fibre to the node (FTTN), and that involves. They're probably getting the slower speeds on the NBN. It's mainly copper, so they're not getting the speeds that they want. Well, now with this expansion program, this expansion program started back in September 2020, by the way, so it's two years in, costing billions of dollars. But point here is that if you decide you want a faster fibre connection and you are in these expansion areas, 
the NBN will come to your home and do it for free. But you need to sign up to that faster plan through your internet service provider. So if you're currently with, let's say, Aussie Broadband, and you're on fiber, to, you got fiber to the curb or fiber to the node, and you sign up to those that that faster those faster plans, and all the telcos, all the ISPs have got them. I'm currently in the middle of one. Would you believe with Optus? They're coming this week. They've already done the outside box, so they've brought the fiber from the curb to my house. I can see the box on the side of my house. And they're coming this week to put the inside box to complete that fiber to the premises connection. And I'll be hoping to get speeds of up to one gigabit per second. So that's pretty good, a thousand megabits per second. And that's possible for you too. If you decide, if your ISP, if you decide to go home fast, that's up to 100 megabits per second. If you go home super fast, up to 250 megabits per second, or home ultra fast, up to one gigabit per second. This will trigger the NBN to uh, to bring the fiber to your home. So all you need to do is contact your ISP. They will then contact the NBN, and they'll come to your house and bring fiber to your doorstep. Now, I've listed the suburbs and towns across Australia that are in these latest areas of expansion. There's more than 300,000 homes that have now become eligible for that fiber upgrade. And you know what? Don't worry if you're not in that list you might have appeared in an earlier list. So what you can do, there's a link on my story on Tech Guide for you to check your address at the NBN's website to see if you qualify for that fiber upgrade. There is that list of the suburbs in the latest round. Check that out, please, at our website, techguide.com.au. But uh, check the NBN website anyway. You never know. You might be already eligible. You might have missed that little notification. Well, now you know. Check the website. But also check techguide.com.au so you can see if your suburb is on this latest list. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, we've all heard of the dark web, but we don't know what it is. It's an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal details, and if it's discovered, you will be notified. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN and dark web monitoring all contained in a single solution. With real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, there's parental control to manage your kids' online time and their school time of online learning. There's a password manager to generate, store, and manage your passwords and all your other credentials more securely. There's SafeCam for PC and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones, or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week, we are talking about the iPad 10th generation and the iPad Pro with M2. Now, I'm going to review both. 
Uh, I'm going to start off with the iPad 10th generation. This is the latest iteration, so 10th gen. So the 2010 is when the first iPad appeared. Now, this is a huge leap forward for the iPad. This is, let's call it the entry-level iPad, which now has an all-new design. It, it has an all-screen design. So it's got the same squared edges as the other iPads in, in the range and now has this all-screen design. So the home button's gone. There is a, the Touch IDs moved to the top button and basically, it's the same size as the previous iPad, the ninth generation, which is still on sale, by the way, if you want to buy, still buy that, that version. But the all screen, so losing the forehead and the chin of the, of the screen under and above the screen and losing the home button, that means that you can stretch out a little bit more. So you're getting a 10.9-inch liquid retina display with a resolution of 2360 by 1640 in the same basic footprint as the previous generation's 10.2-inch device. So bigger screen, but same size device with a new design. So the, the other big change, though, with the iPad is the move to USB-C with the charging port. So anyone who's had a previous iPad, the ninth generation and before, they all had a lightning port. So lightning is used, like I know iPads are very popular in schools, in businesses, so they have a setup where they charge all their iPads overnight using that lightning connection. That's still going to be offered. The ninth generation, as I said, is still available, but the USB-C is now the new connection if you want to go to the 10th generation. The only little wrinkle is if you want to use Apple Pencil. Apple Pencil will work with the 10th generation iPad, but not the second generation Apple Pencil. Second generation Apple Pencil is charged when you attach it magnetically to the side of the iPad and it also pairs that way as well. The original, the new iPad doesn't work with the new Apple Pencil. It only works with the original Apple Pencil. Problem is the original Apple Pencil is charged with a lightning plug. So you've got to plug into the lightning port to charge Apple Pencil. So if you've got an iPad 10th generation, how the hell do you charge the Apple Pencil? Well, Apple has developed a USB-C to lightning adapter. So you can actually connect the Apple Pencil in one end of the adapter. The other end of the adapter, you would take the included USB-C to USB-C cable and you're able to charge the Apple Pencil that way. So I know uh, it might involve, apart from the expense of the new iPad, you may have to buy the little adapter, which is it's tiny. You can uh, still run Apple Pencil on your iPad 10th generation. Now, the iPad is quite impressive in terms of performance. I think the, the A14 Bionic chip really does offer some solid improvement. It's up to 20% uh, faster than the previous iPad. So uh, improvements there, improvements on the graphic side as well. So if you're doing things like video editing, photo editing, large files, high-end applications, gaming is also, you can game those high-end uh, high games with, the, with intense graphics iPad can easily handle it. And I often suggest to a lot of readers and listeners who they ask me, oh, look, I want to buy just a basic laptop. I want it to just do just browsing, email, whatever. And I often suggest, I said, you know what, just buy an iPad, buy a tablet. And in particular, the iPad 10th generation really has enough power to do all those things and more. And also comes too, if you want to pay a little bit extra, comes with a magic keyboard folio as well. So you can turn it into a little mini laptop anyway. You might like the tactile typing experience. You want to be a bit more productive. 
but uh, it does include, it does have the power to support all those basic needs and more for you uh, if you want to use it for those basic tasks and using applications and do your video editing, picture editing as well. The iPad uh, is also uh, has 5G connectivity as well for the first time. So if you buy the Wi-Fi plus cellular, it does work with 5G as well. Uh, and it does have, there's two variants, 64 gig and 256 gig, and there's also the Wi-Fi only and cellular versions. Starts at $749. Uh, does have sort of on the camera side, one other thing, the camera's moved. Normally when you look at an iPad, the camera's in the in the, the top of the iPad, so above the screen, above the, so if you're holding it in portrait mode, the camera's on top of the screen. Now with iPad 10th generation, the actual camera is now on the landscape side. So you need to turn the camera sideways. And this is a great improvement for your FaceTime calls if you're recording content for social media. Uh, it just does make things easier to position yourself. And there's also center stage. So you can, uh, if you move about, that wide angle camera can capture you from any angle and keep you in the center of the frame. So the, that's the iPad 10th generation. Starts at $749. That's for the 64 gig Wi-Fi only. Goes up to $1,249 if you want the 256 gig Wi-Fi plus cellular. Now let's talk about the iPad Pro M2. Now I tell you what, this has really gone to the next level. This new iPad Pro is a powerhouse. Uh, the design has stayed the same. So it looks pretty much exactly the same design-wise as before. But under the hood is where all the improvements are. So it's available in 11-inch and 12.9-inch liquid retina displays. We tested out the 12.9-inch uh, for our review. And I've got to say, remarkable performance. I don't think I can get close to, to uh, really testing out the ultimate performance of the M2. I'm, I'm still scratching the surface. Even when I'm doing my video editing, photo editing, all the things I do and all the apps I run on it, it's not breaking a sweat. So you can just imagine the power this has given people like video editors, photographers in the field. The new M2 Pro, the M2 iPad can run, can edit 8K video on the go. Can now is also compatible with Blackmagic Designs DaVinci Resolve video editing software. That's some pretty solid video editing and color grading. You can now do that on a tablet. You can do that on the iPad Pro. It is remarkable. And not only that, if you're using, anyone who uses Photoshop, if you've got hundreds of layers in a photo, the iPad Pro does it with M2, does it without breaking a sweat again. It's really a really powerful thing. It's a, it's a you got to see it to believe it kind of thing, just how powerful this thing is. The 12.9 inch uh, does have the Liquid Retina XDR display uh, with up to six, 1,600 nits of peak brightness and a million to one contrast ratio. The larger iPad Pro also has native support for Dolby Vision, HDR10 and HLG. So you're getting a mobile cinematic viewing experience as well. Uh, not, much, not much has changed on the camera side. 12 megapixel wide angle uh, on the back to shoot 4K uh, you can also capture HD slow motion video at up to 240 frames a second. Uh, there's a second 10 megapixel ultra wide camera that lets you zoom out two, two times and capture images or 4K video with uh, that, a much larger field of view. Now, the new M2 processor really does 
if you if you're into pro res, like pro res is sort of the pro level video uh, codec. So imagine being able to convert videos to pro res, but now you can also capture pro res video with this iPad as well. It's an absolute powerhouse. It's got four studio quality microphones on board as well. It's got a four speaker audio system. So whether you're recording theater quality sound or enjoying theater quality sound, the iPad Pro with M2 can truly do it. The front 12 megapixel camera uh, not only has a face ID, so it gives you a face ID like your iPhone, but it also has 122 degree field of view. So you can also use center stage that keeps you in the middle of the frame. Uh, Apple Pencil uses, if you're an Apple Pencil fan, there's a new feature on the iPad Pro called Hover. And as its name suggests, it allows you to hover Apple Pencil just above the screen to preview what you're about to write or draw. So in the case of, say, I know I tried this with a, like a just drawing in different colors, you know when you can tap the type of pen you want, then you tap the color you want, and then the only way you can see what it's going to look like is when you make a draw or write a stroke on the screen, draw a stroke on the screen. Well, with Hover... You, just, you can hold the pen up to 12 millimeters above the screen and it'll show you on the screen what that color is going to look like. So you can see it before. It's like a try before you buy with the with Hover. So you can actually see what that color is going to look like on the screen. Even if you're mixing colors, that works. So everyone knows blue and yellow makes green. So if you were to hover, if you were to choose green on the, on the palette there and hover it above blue, it'll show green. It'll mix the color in before you've even put the Apple Pencil to the screen. So Hover's got all these great capabilities, gives you that preview before you actually put Apple Pencil to the screen. Remarkable stuff. Now, the other feature on board the iPad Pro, and I was excited to hear this, it's got Wi-Fi 6E. Now, Wi-Fi 6E is the, far, is the new Wi-Fi standard that gives you even faster connectivity in your home. But... There is a catch with the uh, iPad Wi-Fi 6E. It only works on dual bands, 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. It doesn't offer, it doesn't operate on the 6 gigahertz band. Now, anyone who knows, uh, I reviewed the Netgear Orbi with Wi-Fi 6E a couple of weeks ago. Now, the big feature of the of any Wi-Fi 6E product is its quad band operation. The Netgear 6 Wi-Fi 6E products offer a 6 gigahertz band for exclusively for Wi-Fi 6E products like this iPad Pro if it had 6 gigahertz compatibility. It also has two 5 gigahertz bands and a 2.4 gigahertz band. So what Apple's done here is sort of given us Wi-Fi 6E but it's kind of Wi-Fi it's like not it's not Coke it's Diet Coke they've given us. They've given us the connection but it doesn't operate on that 6 gigahertz band where it all happens, where you get that faster connection if you've got a Wi-Fi 6E modem. I'm a little bit disappointed about that, but it's not a deal breaker. This is still a remarkable product. The iPad 11-inch iPad Pro with M2 starts at $1,399. The iPad uh, Pro 12-inch with M2 starts at $1,829. And there's memory variants going all the way up to 2 terabytes. So there's some eye-watering prices if you spec up. Uh, let's say the iPad Pro 12-inch with M2 two terabytes Wi-Fi plus cellular, that's 4099 bucks. But you know what? To a mobile professional, 
this is an investment, not a cost. They're going to see that the ability to have that much memory on the go, that much performance on the go, they're going to think, wow, they're going to think it's Christmas has come early. The iPad Pro uh, with M2 and the iPad, 10th generation iPad, uh, both of those reviews you can read now at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Alrighty, let's move on. Arlo has come up with a new product. We know Arlo very well because they have these excellent security cameras. So you able to look in on your home, your office, check remotely, see notifications if there's movement, a package, a parcel, an animal. You can see all that information. Well, they're moved into a new area of personal safety. And Arlo Safe is a combination of a safety app and a new button device that you can carry around with you for extra security, extra peace of mind. It's just launched in the US. It'll be coming to Australia in the coming weeks. So how it works, it's this solution where if you may be walking home at night, if you're a student, you're a teenager, you're coming from school, your daily commute, maybe an elderly family member, you want to get a bit more peace of mind, then this is what you need. Uh, the Arlo Safe app uh, and the button work together. So it's like a one-touch emergency response. If there's an emergency, if there's something happening where you are, you can uh, immediately call for uh, for help uh, and they will arrive at your location. Arlo Safe also has a family plan. So it gives family members the ability to view your current location and to receive notifications, say when a family member arrives or leaves home, they arrive at the office or they arrive at school. So you get those notifications as well to know that people are where they're supposed to be. They've got there safely. And if there is any dramas, they can hit that button and they will have, that'll trigger an emergency response to their location. Uh, you can even share medical information with first responders as well. So you can have that in the app and they'll know exactly all your medical information if that's necessary. So look, I think for, for added peace of mind, this is a product of obviously Arlo's responding to customer demand. And, and in, in these times where people feel they need a little bit of added security, especially when they're by themselves, they're commuting, they might need to go places that they may work in certain areas, they've got to work, they finish late at night, they've got to walk certain places. Uh, having this uh, gives them that added peace of mind. The Arlo Safe button is small enough to actually fit on a key ring or in your hand. So that makes it easy. If there is a drama, rather than you having to take the time to reach into your pocket and unlock your phone and do all that, then pressing the button on the Arlo Safe, uh, that, that really gets things happening straight away rather than you having to fumble around with your phone. Uh, the pricing on, on Tech Guide is for the US price. So there's individual uh, fam and family pricing as well. There's also a plan that combines your home security plans with the Arlo Safe. So the home security allows you to get up to 30 days uh, backup of your videos uh, and, and smart detection of animals, vehicles, people, packages. Uh, you're able to combine that with Arlo Safe as well if you decide to go the Arlo Safe and Secure Pro plan, which combines all of Arlo's plans in one. All the prices on our Tech Guide site, they're all US pricing. We will publish the Australian pricing when we get it. But if you want to find out more about Arlo Safe, check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, who isn't a fan of James Bond? I know I am. James Bond 
would you believe, celebrated its 60th anniversary. The first Bond film, do you all know which was the first Bond film? I'll wait a couple of seconds. Getting guesses, anyone? The answer is Dr. No. That was the very first Bond film released in 1962. So that makes it 60 years since the first Bond film. Now, respected British audio brand Bowers and Wilkins have announced a partnership to create a bespoke version of its amazing PX8 wireless headphones. And naturally, it's called the PX8 007 edition. Now, there are pictures on Tech Guide for you to check out. It looks amazing. It's got the 007 logo on the top of the ear cup, so in the in the aluminium uh, sections of the ear cup. Inside each ear cup, now, do you, you know the very start of the Bond film where the music starts and he's sort of walking from left to right and suddenly turns towards the camera and shoots and then that sort of shakes and then we start the movie. That barrel, you know, that barrel shape that he's looking down, I'm assuming that's like the barrel of a gun he's looking down. I've always thought that. That barrel design is now inside each ear cup to tell you whether it's left or right ear cup. You see that little barrel shape. But also, too, they've decided to go with blue leather. So this is kind of a sophisticated look and feel to, yeah, Bond is also, like Bond himself, he's sort of this suave and stylish person. They wanted the headphones to reflect that as well. Now, people may not realize that the Bowers and Walkers aren't just latching on to the 60th anniversary. They've actually got, they've had a 40-year relationship with the James Bond franchise and the music from the films as well. Because it's flagship, the Bowser Wilkins flagship 800 series loudspeakers have been used to monitor the recording of countless film scores in the Abbey Road studios. And these include Skyfall in 2012, Spectre in 2015. So to celebrate the 60th anniversary, they've come up with these amazing, uh, these amazing headphones. Uh, they're also Bowers and Wilkins loudspeakers were used in the Abbey Road studios to create the Bond 25 album featuring all 25 iconic Bond themes. And we've all heard those. Now, again, the headphones have this elegant and timeless design, a bit like Bond himself. Uh, they also have high-performance wireless sound that you come to expect from Bowers and Wilkins, plus the visual detailing as well that I mentioned really stands these apart. Uh, they're not cheap. They're, the PX8 is their audiophile-level headphones. They're $1,299, but audiophiles swear by these. They want to hear the best quality possible, and the Bowers and Wilkins, you can get the PX8 non-007 edition, which is the same price, by the way. So if you decide you decide you want to go the Bond edition, they are the same price as the regular PX8 headphones as well. $1,299. Shaken, not stirred. If you want to read more about the Bowers & Wilkins 007 PX8 headphones, then head over to techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole home mesh system, opening an exclusive all-new 
6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. With Wi-Fi 6E, it's the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is proudly supported by our good friends at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. That's the place to go if you want to check out any new cables, if you want a MagSafe case, charging solutions as well. All those accessories you need, you can find them at belkin.com forward slash au. I had a very interesting email from a reader who was concerned about battery swelling in Samsung phones. Now, there has been uh, some stories written about how uh, older smartphone batteries in the Samsung lineup, uh, they have a tendency, and this is this is not a common thing, it, it's 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 happening, but it's not like happening to every second phone. There's a tendency for those batteries to swell, and uh, yeah, obviously this is this is something of concern because a, a battery swelling could mean any kind of thing, any kind of issue. Could even we've seen battery issues where it, it, it smokes and and blows up, but battery swelling has been brought to my attention by this particular reader. And my response was, look, yeah, yeah, there have been, and Samsung have been pretty transparent about this. There have been issues in the past where the battery has has expanded, and you can tell because it actually deforms the 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 device. Um, we have seen this in iPhones. I've heard of cases of iPhone battery swelling as well. It's it's a very rare occurrence, thankfully, but it does happen. And my suggestion, if it, if it obviously if it happens on a much older product, then that that's that's a concern because you're not covered by warranty. Uh, it, it's, it tends to be people who hold onto their phones tend to be the like older customers and people who don't want to spend money on a new phone. They're happy with their phone. They don't want any dramas. They don't want to upgrade because they're happy with what it can do. So that's a concern there as well. And as I said, it's ha- I've heard of it happening on iPhones. And if it's a newer device, two to three years old, you would be covered by a warranty. So if that does happen to you, if, if you're concerned, this, the, the reader was thinking, look, I was thinking of buying a Samsung, but I heard about these battery issues. And I said, look, mate, you buy your Samsung phone. They're great phones. In the rare occasion where it may swell up, the battery swells up, you're covered by warranty. They'll replace it. Australian consumer law will protect you even beyond the warranty. So if you've spent a couple of thousand bucks on a Samsung phone, then and something happens past the warranty date, then you're protected by Australian consumer law to say, well, there's a reasonable expectation for this to work for years. So if this does happen, and as I said, it's rare. It probably happens a little bit more often on Samsung devices that we've seen on iPhones, but it's the very nature of batteries where the you know, lithium-ion and how they're charged and all these factors can com- contribute to that to that occasional battery swelling. So something to keep in mind, and, and it's no reason to not buy a Samsung phone, by the way. I'm not saying this is a warning. If you feel like buying a Samsung phone, their devices, they're the number one phone manufacturer in the world. Uh, they're, they're, they're the number one for a reason. So, yeah, their devices uh, are superb. But the odd occasion where the battery swell, it happens, uh, happens across all devices, 
but hopefully it won't happen to you. And that is our show for this week. It is full time. If you need to find out about anything that we've spoken about, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, info at techguide.com.au or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the site. That will also send an email my way. We want to thank our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the fantastic sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. We'll be right back.